Hey, Adam. Yo. Yo, where are we? We're in the pod suite, baby. How did you know that, man? I got airlifted in here. I don't know what's going on here. Andrew told me. Okay. I'm Adam Manis, and he's Peter Martin, and you're listening to You'll Hear It, a podcast about listening and playing music better. Peter is performing the theme today on our new Hammer 88. That's right. No more key station. Double Hammer 88s. Flying V Hammer 88s is what I've called them. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, unfortunately, I was unable to even do my little intro part while I played. I'm going to work on that. Well, though. you're playing in like 13-8 or whatever I that is. Yeah, I wrote it. I should be able to do that. But I'm super excited about this. We finally have our two keyboard setup. We've been talking about this for a while. Yep. Excited for the two new Two keyboard year. and a desk setup. Because usually know. when we get we had the key station on there... It was oh, like man. we had to keep our hands at our side. We sides got the coffee, got the old granddad. Oh, we got man, too we much could, stuff happening. We can break out every, if it wasn't eleven thirty on a Monday, <laughs> that old granddad could be broken out, no problem. Yeah. I'm almost nervous we have such a good setup here. But and it's also just it's just sort of new for us, you know. Like you're gonna be able to sit down and play that stuff at any point. Right? I know, I'm just like accompanying whatever you say. Could this could That's be a right. whole new I won't do that. You know, you'll hear it, listeners. We try to construct the most quality jazz education podcast that you could possibly conceive of and one of those things is some funky ass background music <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to like match each other yeah it's, it's hard man it's hard to concentrate i got a yeah. i got a key uh keyboard in front of me i can see what i'm saying he's always distracted like a do- like a dog that saw a squirrel <laughs> hey, um, look, look at that dog out there with the squirrel where <laughs> uh but uh no we're super stoked Thank you to uh, Dan and Andrew. We were gone in New Orleans, and they kind of put New all Orleans. this together. Yeah, they did, and it's beautiful. And maybe we'll do in a coming episode. So we got YouTube over here. What's up, YouTube? What up? But we'll do a little bit of a studio tour at some point. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Once no, we get everything is... settled, where everything's going to be. Right now, I mean, I feel like, do we get too big for our britches? You ever heard that? There's a White Stripes song that's like, you know, starts like, <laughs> well, you're in your little room and you're working on something good. Yeah. But if it's really good, you're going to need a bigger room. And then once you get to the bigger room. Right. Well, I think the f- you the might f- not know what to do. You the might five have to... false starts we've had today might indicate a possible. So I'm saying that. we get too big for our britches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll find out. So today we're a little we've... far. We're a little further away because usually we're within slapping distance of each other, <laughs> yeah. which we've never done. <laughs> but it keeps us in check. It keeps us in check. Yeah. <laughs> like if there's some bad information going, we can now we can't really reach out. I think it's okay. I feel like we'll project our voices a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, well, we'll see how it goes. It sounds great in here. It so sounds awesome in that. here, and yeah. it really is nice to have. Uh, the, the keyboards here and yep. the speakers here too, actually. To exactly. No headphones. Uh, and probably tomorrow we'll get into. Maybe we'll do, um, you know, some some real in depth kind of demo stuff on the keyboards once we get everything finalized here. That could be tomorrow's episode. I think we'll be ready for that, right? For sure. Okay. So today we thought we would just kind of recap uh, the the Gen Conference in yes. New Orleans. Talk about our new studio a little bit, um, but let's talk a little bit about Gen. We had. Yes. A fantastic time. We had a fabulous gym. time. Uh, Met so many great people, saw so many great things. Yeah, first of all, the city is a knockout. I mean, there's yeah. just no doubt about it. I was talking to someone earlier, and it really is just like, it might be the most special city in all of America. As far as the culture that it has, it's kind of got all the good and bad things of America yeah. rolled up into one sweaty heap of a city. Right. I mean, we were walking down Bourbon Street. I don't know if you remember what that lady who was trying to sell me shots said to me. She was very, she was very complimentary and very rude at the same time. It In was one <laughs> sentence, she like built me up and knocked me down. Yes, that was good. In an attempt to sell me some kind of fluorescent shot of something, <laughs> right. Jello shot. 
Yeah, so that was that was interesting. So first, we should tell folks because not everybody knows what Gen is. Oh, okay, yeah, Jazz yeah. Education Network. Yeah, it's it's a conference. It kind of took over from, and they don't like it when we say this, but it did no, kind of take okay. over from IAJE, IJ, the International Association of Jazz Educators, which, which no longer exists. No longer exists. But it's way different. I don't know if you remember IAJE, but it's way way different than sure. IAJE. IAJE was almost like a showcase convention where like yep. artists would try to get signed by labels well i think it became that and then some folks were talking about that like over the years actually the first time i went which you would have been young adam manis without a beard mm. probably much shorter mm -hmm. and probably not even double digits i would think in terms of age because i was a young lad myself okay um but it was really this is like kind of mid 80s yeah. when i was in when i think 85 was when i went it was very much like on kind of more like it is now i think mm. it's come a little bit full circle um but yeah it became more jazz industry thing which is fine but they were trying to kind of serve two different things jazz education and yeah. jazz industry so i think now they've kind of nailed it nicely i mean it was really great uh so we we headed down to new orleans on monday we got in you had secured us what ended up being just an amazing hotel although it wasn't even like a traditional hotel it wasn't but that's nolens <laughs> <laughs> peter said that about one billion times on the trip uh from that snl sketch yeah uh, but so this hotel was awesome we had this like great suite and it was like you me and and sean in this place we had awesome time like a yeah a real hang uh, of, a, of a place and we weren't Right on the conference, which I don't know if that was actually. We were close, we were but close. we weren't, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, we got to like, building. we were in a killing neighborhood. Uh, what was the name of the neighborhood? Warehouse District. The Warehouse District. Yeah. Man, that was so happening. Lots of great food. And then the conference itself, uh, we had a great time. You gave a great keynote speech on Tuesday uh, that was called. What being a jazz musician, how being a jazz musician taught me to be a startup founder. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking about, I w really want to do it again. I'm going to maybe change up the title and not, maybe not make it so fussy, but that's kind of what it was about. And just sort of the concept. I don't know. We may we have some video. Maybe we'll put that up. Yeah, we do. And we link do. below to that if we do. But um, the idea was really just you know the tools that we learn. I realized the tools that you're kind of forced to learn, you know, gleefully forced to learn to become a jazz musician over the years. You know, improvisation, collaboration, these sort of basic skills are very applicable. We found to. Um, organizations as well and so I, I start I've just it's kind of been unfolding to me over the years and I'd had this idea a while ago but it was really crystallized recently for me so I wasn't sure I was going to go but it was pretty well received which I was excited like over the coming days when I would see people you know they kind of come up and talk about it and um, I just wanted to sort of make those connections because it was a real been a real organic thing for me and I'm so grateful to you know this music and the musicians that I played with and just you know the records that I've learned from and all that and a lot of times I think we get into a little bit too much a, of a fixed mindset yeah. or a narrow mindset in that all we're trained to do is to play music, which is our primary. I mean, I definitely feel like that's my primary sort of professional you know, function yeah. on being on this planet. But when you start to look at the skills that you get from that and start to say, wait, where else could these apply to? I think that sometimes we sell ourselves short mm -hmm. as musicians. Um, certainly, you know, going into education and things like that, uh, if that's sort of a natural. But I think even beyond that, it's very exciting when we look at the flexibility, especially in terms of mindset that jazz sort of gives us built in. I mean, no, no great jazz improviser ever has gone into a 
performance situation, especially an extended kind of thing, and had any success when they're like, I'm going to be dogmatic. I'm not going to listen to others. I'm not. I'm going to plan out what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to adjust to the moment. For and sure. So all these different kind of things, I try to kind of pick those things out and, and make a, a few parallels and just talk about how I use some of those for Open Studio. Yeah, it was great. Uh, that whole day Tuesday, those were the kind of music business keynotes that right. were happening. We saw a bunch of good stuff, including... Uh, YouTuber Rick Beato. We Who? saw his. Yeah, <laughs> we saw Rick's, and we got to hang with Rick a little bit and and talk about uh, you know kind of what we're doing here at Open Studio. And hang with him for a little bit. Man. We had about a three and a half hour dinner with that gentleman, oh, as I recall. We did, and it was we really could, we we trapped him at that table. We physically did not let him get <laughs> up. <laughs> it was so interesting. Yeah, it was great to talk to him about like his whole philosophy behind YouTube and and music music education on the internet, which he's obviously so prolific at. It was yes, cool. And that dinner. Koshan, shout out to one of the best restaurants in New Orleans. Man, Absolutely. That place was... Koshan was killing. <laughs> and they prepared me a beautiful plant-based off-the-menu meal that I kind of hid from you guys because I wanted you guys not to realize. I didn't want to talk it up too much it because looked awesome. I wanted every bite for myself, which I was able to pull off. It looked amazing. So, And if you don't know, Koshan is like a very meat... It means seemingly meat <laughs> centric. I mean, it is yeah. meat focused. Well, you guys all ordered Cochon. We yeah, and it was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. But I was not surprised that what you had was killing because if you can cook like that, and someone says just make me some plant based stuff, it's gonna be great. It is. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. Um, and Rick's talk was really good. I thought he was sort of talking about I, f- I forget what the title was, but it was really about social media usage for jazz musicians. Yeah, that kind of thing. And he made some great points. I I would just say one of them. To highlight was that, you know, for, you know, musicians that think about, oh, I need a publicist. If only I could afford a publicist, how do I get my stuff out there? And he said, the publicist now is social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all, you know, whatever the channel is. But we have these at our disposal. And I think the concept kind of being that, you know, it's still about the music. And, you know, we've all seen these musicians that spend, you know, 23 hours a day on social media and one hour a day per, I guess you got to sleep too, but you know, sleep sometime. Man. The ratio of how much they spend on social media versus how much they're practicing is a little bit out of balance. Yeah. But if, I, I think if you think about waiting for a publicist to kind of help you or a record label, or whatever, you do kind of miss the point of these, these tools being available. So if you can get that balance right and leverage these tools in a way just to find, not even to find fans, to put your music out there so that fans will find you, I That's think right. was kind of his thing. Yeah, his and he po- did some great Q&A too. Yeah, his point about that, that, that social media can be your publicist, I, it hit me really hard. And then the point of like, you know, uh, don't just put, hey, I'm playing here tonight right that's that, right that's he the only that. thing you post i know people want to see your as creativity. he was saying that, as he was saying that i was deleting all my hey i'm playing here tonight posts. I feel like that's all i post sometimes <laughs> but you know what i mean i do get a lot of people who even even though I, that's all i post they're like well, i don't know where where you're playing you right know? I know. so people don't see as much as you think they do but uh i thought it was a really good point that that show your creativity off a little bit yeah you know i thought it's uh, he was mostly talking about instagram at that point i think it was a good point because there's it's such a short thing that you can do there anyway right, right. uh that was a great part of the that beginning part of the conference and then wednesday we uh, opened our booth at the exhibition yes we had so many you'll hear our listeners come by and say hi that was cool i mean throughout the whole conference right uh that, that one was, guy slapped you i don't know what that was about though. well you know he i said mad. some things that okay. he didn't agree yeah. with about nice. two five ones <laughs> uh we saw a lot of great performances yes um saw a lot of friends yeah ran into a lot of old uh old friends and colleagues. Yeah. Thursday we did our live. You'll hear it, which was really great. Shout out to all of you who uh, who stopped by. Is that up yet? Or that, is that, that's, oh, that's what's coming, right? Yeah, that's what's coming. coming. Uh, so, man, that, that was so cool to do in front of a live audience. We've never done that before. Right, 
The first time. We were a little nervous. Remember we that? were very nervous. Yeah, we were like, oh, this could be easy. They had like a round table, like, oh, this is just like the pod cave. But yeah. when you have people right, and they, we were in a kind of a small room, but it was packed. Yeah. So it was like folks were right there. Yeah. And then what really made me nervous is sort of the first sort of joking we did or whatever got no response. Yeah. But what I realized. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But. But, you know, you kind of feed off that energy of the audience. Right. I think we're used to that in terms of playing. I mean, not that you're waiting every phrase that you say or play, but it was so, uh, you know, just nothing. But then we sort of found out as we went, people were afraid to make noise because they saw the microphones and they're like, oh, you guys are doing this live recording. Yeah. They didn't realize how casual it could, it could be. So we stopped after the first episode and then sort of encouraged folks, don't worry about making some noise. And so then we maybe we got funnier, too. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. And that stuff will be up and available, but we really, we tried to just keep it to, I think we did. We just kept it to regular episodes. Yeah. We didn't really change it up too much. Um, yeah, we did some funny things about Jen. Uh, another highlights for me were, uh, the Parkway. Oh, Parkway, Parkway, Po' Boys. That yeah, was the highlight. Man. That was good. And, uh, hanging I out. I noticed you took a very long nap after we went to Parkway. Yeah. About a two day nap after that. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, and then, um, seeing every single one of the 12 homes that peter martin lived in in new orleans how many places did was, you live in i man? took him on a little tour if you knew how many you i mean i you know i was a struggling young jazz musician during those years man you got to move around man you got to stay stay ahead of the debt collectors it felt like every block we turned you were like so uh we used to live there right right when we first moved to new orleans it was, you know what i mean it was like yeah. you you lived in a lot of spots yeah but i'm telling you we didn't even go to the west bank it was a couple places. I know we there. we literally didn't cross the Mississippi the Mississippi River. It's crazy. And what's crazy is here in St. Louis, you've lived in like the same place the whole time. You know, like I know. You moved at all. <laughs> Got sick of moving. Yeah, man. Well, that's cool. Well, nice little wrap up. I think you know, encourage folks to go down. Maybe you could just talk about that because I think a lot of people didn't understand. Like, if they're not invited or part of an institution, like who would you recommend for folks thinking to next year to go to Jen? Yeah, it's mean, not for everybody necessarily. It yeah. is kind of industry specific. If you just want to, if you just want to network with other jazz musicians, especially if you're an educator, I know we have a lot of band directors that listen to this podcast. Yeah. If you're an educator that wants to maybe get in on some of the latest uh, jazz education innovations, there's a ton of like sheet music distributors, right? Um, and just meet other educators who are doing what you do and maybe get some ideas. It's one of those kind of conventions, right? But you know what? Our our friend, uh, the great. Peter Schlamm just came down on a whim. He's a great musician. He's not an educator yeah, at all. Yeah, young musician. Just came down to hang because Warren Wolf was playing and Stefan Harris was playing. Right, right. And it was, he he was just kind of like hanging. You know, he yep. knew that we would be there. And I think if you're the kind of musician who likes a good hang, yes. there's a ton of good hangs. Yeah, and I think when we didn't go to a lot of the real sort of insider education sessions because we were at, either at the booth or doing our own things, but there was, I did talk just to quite a few band directors that were really excited about getting ideas in the and the, a lot of the sessions are short like 30 minutes some yeah. of them are an hour yeah. but there'd be stuff like you know you know new ways to teach beginner improvisation over a blues totally. and like very specific right. things and, and a lot of these great teachers really put a lot of thought i mean months of planning into presenting it it's kind of a formal way of sharing knowledge about how to teach improvisation and stuff and and people get a lot of value out of those things there was a ton of stuff like that i mean there was like a breakdown of keith jarrett solos like there was a ton of interesting yeah. things that you could have gone yeah. and seen not to mention all the performances and a bunch of um really good high school and college bands yeah 
showcase um, as well. You almost have to kind of decide what track you're going to go on, or you can get side. I mean, there's so many different things happening, but yeah, really good showcases. Well, but then also like committee things and and social things like you know the women in jazz committee, right? Like a really interesting talk yeah. uh, on pretty much anything that is jazz related, uh, even on the political spectrum of things. It was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next year it is in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Uh, which is a great town. Great town. Not quite New Orleans. But Not sorry. quite New Orleans, but hip. Yeah. Um, and so I might go, but I don't think uh, if Pete goes. Oh, I'm not invited? Next You're invited. How are we going to do I the podcast be, I'd be shocked if you go. <laughs> ah, you see how that little reverse, little reverse Yeah, I'm uh, trying, to get to trying to get yeah, to that. Yeah, no, we're going to go. Well, uh, until tomorrow, you'll hear it.